My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled these city walls. These city walls. Only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Oh, there it is. It's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, listener. Welcome to this, the latest punnet of freshly picked UK Tech Weekly Podcast. The UK's best low-fat weekly tech podcast, neatly sliced into your head every Friday like a stone, remorselessly working its way into your shoe. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment suit of armour from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday, we head off to an audio beach, using audio buckets and audio spades to build audio sandcastles, soon to be destroyed by a cruel and unforgiving audio sea, in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Do not forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the town crier of tech... Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The Billy Liar of Tech, Scott Carey, Online Editor of Tech World. Hello. And the Danny Dyer of Tech, <laughs> David Price, <laughs> Acting Editor of Macworld UK. Did I ever tell you I interviewed him? Uh, no, you did not. I must have loads of time. Yes, you did. This week we are talking No Man's Sky, Emoji and Banking. Aloha! Ain't no other man, it's true. All right? Ain't no other man but you. Chris Martin, what is the deal with No Man's Sky? Do your thang, honey. I wish you'd sung that, but um, No Man's Sky is... <laughs> is that a song? <laughs> yeah. yeah, ain't no All right. Ain't no other man, it's true. Ain't no other man but you. Do your that. thang, honey. It's uh, Christina Aguilera. It is indeed Christina. I don't know about these pop music. Aguilera. The... Thinking person's Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> what a great Chris uh, Martin. Tagline. <laughs> no Man's Sky is uh, a brand new game um, which is is now out on PlayStation Four, and uh, as we publish this podcast, will be out on PC. Um, there is no Xbox version, sadly. Ha! 
<laughs> wow, that's not kind. Um, and it's uh, kind of set to be one of the biggest games of the year. Um, it's this huge space exploration game, uh, which is basically limitless. Um, the game makers haven't even been able to explore the whole thing themselves. What? Um, How does that I saw work? the figure 14 quintillion planets. Yeah, the that's a made-up number. Something yeah, like that, that's... yeah. Um, if, you, if you found one planet every one second, uh, it would take you 500 billion years to see them. How is that possible? It's just procedurally generated. So it's it's sort of not... They haven't designed it themselves. They've just right. generated algorithms that then produce yeah. a new planet each time somebody discovers a new so planet. So tra- traditionally, you'd make a game and you'd, you'd design the levels of a game and you'd set... You know, there'd be edges where... Yeah. Almost like Truman Show, where you'd you'd get to the edge and... It kind of looks like you might be able to jump over a little barrier, but which is which is actually how real life works. Yeah, (laughs) but it's actually the edge of the level, and you can't. You know, you can jump and crouch and whatever as much as you like. You're not going to go any further. In this game, it basically, like David said, it um, generates itself. So you can. That's fascinating. You fly around in your spaceship, and you'll find new planets. And but can you play with other people? So if I'm generate generate a new planet. Does that exist only in my instance of the game? This is one of the big kind of big questions. Um, two players have discovered the same planet, and they have clarified that everybody playing it is in the same universe. Right. But the chances of finding somebody else are next to zero. Right. But two players on Reddit have um, found each other I love that they you... always underestimate gamers they yeah. it's very unlikely of <laughs> yeah. course people will put in so much time yeah. that they immediately find each other so you don't on PlayStation so it's been out on PlayStation as we talk not on PC just yet but on PlayStation you don't need the PlayStation Plus subscription um, which you would normally need to pay for to play a multiplayer game online with other people but you don't need that for No Man's Sky because it's not really a multiplayer game right. so they're kind of treating it as a single player game but you can find other people wow so these two guys have found it like just realized that they both discovered the same planet and then thought okay let's set up a meet let's meet each other on this planet tried to do it and they were both there at the same time and couldn't see each other so it's a bit kind of confusing it's Um, kind of cool though because it's like parallel universes within the same game but you can... potentially, <laughs> I don't think that's the idea, though. Well, it's yeah. It's... So one, they, it was nighttime for one of them. Be... It was Not daytime for one of them. They were they were set. They were seeing the same buildings and the same like things on the planet. Yeah, but couldn't see each other. And if you land on a planet that somebody else has found, like when you discover a planet, you get to name it. If you're the first person, there. what would you call your planet? Willy Land. Graham. <laughs> planet. Obviously, Graham. Planet. Yeah, that'd be good. David's planet. Uh, so if, if somebody else goes there, then they do see, oh, this is Willy Land. But then they can't find Mr. Willy on the planet. It seems at this We've point... We've all been there. <laughs> but hopefully this is something they could implement in the future. Because it, it's a bit it's a bit lame. If you if you yeah. somehow, defying mathematical probability, manage to find somebody and then you can't see them, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, but technologically this sounds extraordinary, this idea. Of, I mean, is this the first time anyone's created... And in fact, uh, apart from God... Uh, <laughs> an infinite universe the great video game designer in the sky well I mean <laughs> philosophically maybe we are part of a game like that they say that Ooh. statistically it's more likely that we are than we're not statistically you can prove anything with statistics <laughs> yes <laughs> 
I don't think anybody's made a game as big as this, but um, there are quite a few sort of procedurally generated games. Like the game I always bang, bang on about, FTL, is, is randomly generated as you go along. It's a very small game, but you explore space. And then when you go to a new part of space and go, or here's a here's a planet, and they wouldn't have known what was going to happen. It would just be generated according to random algorithms. Yeah. So that sort of thing is, is very now in game design. Wasn't there a game, um, an unfortunate name game, RimWorld, um, <laughs> an online game? Check it out. I believe that is... Sounds like, excellent. Well, it was famously like a huge space game. Mm. Um, but that may, actually maybe these days that's considered pretty small. So this is so relative to things like Grand Theft Auto and stuff. This is just like a whole other level of open world play. Yeah, I think GTA Five was massive, yeah. like a, many many times bigger than even like the previous GTA. I'm trying but, to remember how they set but even the weird... that even that had limits. Yeah, how did they like... set up the weird Truman walls on that? It it obviously, be you had the it sea, someone like the sea, and there'd be but a, then there'd be a to... bridge to the next part of the game and there'd be a mysterious roadblock on the bridge. It was yeah, because it was LA, wasn't it? So like yeah. I'm trying to think of how they blocked off the land side. But it was always a, a interconnected sort of islands. And if yeah. you swim too long, then you die. That's, yeah. that's the usual sort of tactic. Yeah. It's really, really lame in games when you go up to the barrier and it just there's just an invisible wall and yeah. it goes, you are leaving the playing area. <laughs> and it's just, come on, put a bit of thought into it. Yeah. Well, this is interesting, again, though, because I suppose with, with games like, like GTA... That requires thousands and thousands of hours of development work to create this huge world. Whereas what what is happening in No Man's Sky is, as you say, there are a set, of, a set of rules that are created, but then infinite things. But there does seem happen. to be there does seem to be an overriding story, uh, right. and you know we, we don't want to give away what happens, and none of us are, I think, in a position to give away anything anyway. Um, but there, but there is a story. There is a secret. There is something to do with the center of the universe. Yeah, is that the aim of the game to get to like coordinate so, zero? But, but they're being really secretive about mm. it. But, um, but as far as I've seen, there is no storyline and there is no objectives. It's just, just it's just exploration, like Star Trek. I get the feeling uh, it'll be a bit Matrix esque, where there is like a central mystery, but whether you want to, whether yeah. you can get at it easily, is going to be quite tricky. But there'll basically, I reckon, be like a man in a room. At the end, <laughs> that will explain why there yeah. randomly are sentinels on every planet. That like that seems to be the only constant. Yeah. That there's these like weird like yeah. robots on every planet. So there's definitely some overriding sort of well, there was logic because otherwise universe. you could you know rush home in the car, sitting in traffic, in order to sit in a spaceship and fly around yeah. for hours, which is worrying. I do, I this do. is kind of why I don't like. I'm not fussed about getting it and playing it because like. But you're one of the I'll, world's leading experts I'll, on this game. I know, but um, <laughs> it's going to take I, over your life, though, isn't it? That's the issue. I just like, when yeah, I, Skyrim, I, I need like I objectives and... constantly, and that was that was an authored world that was had limits and it was just like one continent, and I spent all the time playing all the subplots in that. I think there's going to be subplots sort of storylines in in No Man's Sky. And you go around and you just randomly happen across, um, you know, some goblin or something and he has a mission and all the rest of it. And you can get stuck in that for just months and months. And this game, it's going to be like better, in, like better than life. Yeah. Remember in Red Dwarf? Yeah. It's going to be like, why would I, you know, if, especially if they get a VR version of this. Imagine yeah. that. I just never, ever leave yeah. the game through. I think the cool thing about it is that it's a tiny little um, studio in Guilford in mm. England. It's, Hello, so it's a British yeah. game, isn't it? It's yeah. an indie developer, but... Sony has kind of treat. They said they've treated it like an in-house studio, so they've had a lot of, like, they've 
they've picked up on the development and given them a lot of they've put a lot into it basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is is quite cool. It's an amazing story um, that yeah. they that they their previous game was Joe Danger, which is like a sort of small budget. Awful little, name. little racing. Well, it's, it's a good game. Danger but... should be our middle name. <laughs> well, he doesn't. You know, maybe his name is Joe Danger Price. Could be. But, you know, could be. But, but that's like a really small scale, really nicely constructed little um, racing sort of stunt game. Big. It was a big uh, success on, on iOS, and then they've gone from that to what is basically the biggest game in the world. But I mean, both in terms of size, but you know, in also hype. in hype. Yeah. Yeah. It's just huge. So there is a lot of hype. There has been a lot of interest on the site. What about you guys? Are you? It sounds, David, like you might potentially be tempted to play. I haven't. Or... I haven't got a PS4 or a PC. And ha. <laughs> so again, that's not kind. <laughs> Scott is full of Schadenfreude today, isn't he? <laughs> really is. Um, I always, you know, every week I talk about this. I do my gaming on an iPad, and it's never ever going to come out on the iPad. So mm. I'm sad. Um, I'm, I'm already thinking I might buy uh, the. What's the next Wii one called? The Wii U. Yeah, NX. NX. Uh, I might do that to play uh, the new Zelda, but then that's not going to have No Man's Sky in it. No, no. way. So no. I'm not going to be playing it. I'm just going to have to miss out. Scott? No chance. Like, I bought Metal Gear. The last proper game that I bought. So I play a lot of sports games. I play a lot of sort of FIFA and NFL and stuff like that. But um, the last proper game I bought was Metal Gear Solid. And I've played all of about an hour of it. Yeah. Um, and that takes about. I think forty hours to complete. So if I can't even complete that, then what am I going to do? Why are you putting the time in, Scott? Come on! Do you, I know life basically. It's definitely not work. That excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unfair comment, Scott. <laughs> accused Chris. me of alcoholism last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like as as it stands at the moment, it's not it's not my kind of game. Yeah, it's time of life thing as well. Uh, I think. I mean, there was a time yeah. completely different sort of game, but I would play Football Manager for. Hours on oh, God, if I was a student, I'd be playing yeah. No Man's Sky now. Yeah. yeah. But it, obviously, it's not just young people who play it, but I think you have to have space in your life. To yeah. Space in your life. That was a pun. Didn't even mean it. Of. Good. If I, if I was retired. Yeah. Well, you may be sooner than you think, so. <laughs> not that old. If they, <laughs> so they are. Threat? <laughs> they have already said that they're going to add stuff, so they're adding, a, they're adding a scan for other players feature, so you can. The, to help you find other people yeah, that then are you can't see them. flying around. Or you, apparently, supposedly you will be able to. Okay. Um, and, yeah, there's lots of species you can find, as Scott mentioned. It's an interesting one to end on, though. I heard it was I heard it described as the anti-Pokemon Go, because mm. it has an almost infinite amount Ooh, of actual content, but it's antisocial. Right. Pokemon yeah. Go like, it's such a simple game, but you meet yeah. real people in the real Who world. Who is going to pop Pokemon Go into the No Man's Sky world? That would be amazing. That would get Chris playing. Yeah. Do we think, just briefly, um, gaming is it's kind of a golden age, isn't it? I mean, it seems like every couple of weeks there is a huge release that's generating loads of hype and excitement. Um, uh, we've got Gamescom next yeah, week. The, things that, um, the thing about Gamescom that sort of caught my eye is that, that Sony released their list of games that they're debuting at Gamescom. And about six of them are VR titles, so I think we're we're finally getting there with VR. But what I feel like we've come a long way from when a launch title used to be like Echo the Dolphin on the like Sega Saturn, <laughs> yeah, on the Mega Drive, yeah. or like that weird fireworks game that we had on PlayStation One that I can't remember the name of. Um, and now Rapper the Rapper that was pretty near the start. Of yeah, PlayStation 1. that's a great Rapper the Rapper is a good game. Yeah, yeah that is a good game. And now we've got um, like the launch titles for PlayStation VR as things like Arkham Asylum, which is like a, a pretty well-rounded game. Um, so I thought that that 
we've we've come quite a long way there. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> All the other media are basically in trouble, and mm. and games just keeps on. Gaming, it's just more accessible, and more people are into it, and it's less. Um, I can't think of the word. It's. I I think from an, econo- an economic point of view, you don't show a game to a room full of people. You need your own personal copy usually of a game. And it's very difficult to copy a game. And that's the funny. It's it's very difficult to stream or to pirate. Yeah, which is why it seems to be doing well. Whereas music... actually, for the reasons that's always the case, which is there's something unique. Everyone's own experience of playing a game is their own experience, and they're very complex, unique, and the good ones are really well crafted things, and they're hard to steal basically. But also, people are happy to pay for them because they get you know forty hours is quite a good investment in the, in a game. So I think we've kind of got the answer to this, but let's go around the room. No Man's Sky or Yes Man's Sky? David Price. Yes Man's Sky. Scott Carey. Yes Man's Sky. Chris Martin. No Man's Sky. Excellent. I don't like to have uh, I thought you guys didn't like it. And now no, I think yes. it's, no, I think it's a wonderful idea. I think totally it's a, a brilliant it. game. I'm just not going to play it. And I haven't got a PC. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about smart banking. Thank you, India. Thank you, terror. Thank you, disillusionment. Scott Carey, why should we all be excited about smart banking? I feel like, first off, we should <laughs> we should pull the curtain back a little bit here and say that this segment during pre-production was called the boring banking section. <laughs> the so boring banking section. I'm, I'm really excited. Look forward, look forward to this section, listener. Um, no, so there was a report that came out from the government today uh, that's been two years in the making um, where they're going to try and bring banking up to date. So The CMA's Open Banking Report? That, that is the name of the, the report, yeah. Um, it, it's lengthy, as government reports tend to be, especially ones that take two years. Um, but the headline is that they're going to, by 2018, put in place something called the Open Banking Programme, which will basically force banks to start sharing data with each other and with consumers a little bit better. So I think the easiest way for me to position this is um, when TfL started releasing all of their data in an open way, it led to things like CityMapper and all of those useful apps now that um, bring together all the different streams of useful transport data so that you can look at different options without having to manually go through all the different... Uh, possible routes so it does the work for you so what they're hoping is that now fintech companies or maybe the government themselves will design an app where you could have all of your banking so you could have your current account on there you could have your insurance on there you could have your mortgage on there and you Mm. can have like a view of all of your finances in a single place what about whereas com- competing products i mean so yeah so you could then also start to switch they hope you could switch your bank easier mm-hmm. and also start to maybe have um some uh, like one product with one bank and another product yeah. with a better bank because you're getting a better deal with them and um, you don't have to be as locked in presumably then so like a couple of banks have done this as a service but you know if you have current account that's in overdraft and you have some savings and you have a mortgage and you have a loan and you have a credit card yeah the best place for you to have all of that money is you basically is to pay off your debts as much as possible rather than having savings so what you want is automatically across multiple accounts with multiple different organizations the money to move so that you're paying the least interest basically um and they want to make that easier and for it to be more transparent so you um they're going to force banks to publish 
um, their their sort of rates more so you can see whether you can get a better deal mm. elsewhere or whether you're getting a bad deal at your current bank and encourage switching more um, so to make it more consumer friendly. And that needs to happen almost algorithmically, I think, because yeah. human beings are just not going to spend the time researching these things. I was, it's funny because I'm in the process of applying for a mortgage and it's such an opaque, weird business. Yeah. And getting to speak to a human is very difficult. And that, I was thinking about the, the this report. It does, it does actually. It's what what would be good for consumers is more openness, more understanding, you know. But it has to be kind of done by machine learning because what it's going to mean in practice is fewer humans with whom to interact. I think. Yeah. You know, the mortgage broker isn't going to exist. I mean, that's not a, a new idea. No, no, no. It's unlikely they're going to exist. It's not going to be a job for someone to just call around all the different banks and things like that. No, because it, hopefully all that information will be available via APIs and, and you can start to sort of filter them down to, to something that actually mm. suits you um, using technology. Uh, I think the aim here, or companies will definitely start to take advantage of doing things like compare your bank or compare your mortgage. Mm. Um, the way that we've got to do flights now and hotels and insurance. Um, and credit cards. And credit cards. So, um, broadly speaking, then, it sounds like there's some good in here. What do the banks think about it, do you think? Well, the banks are probably um, quite concerned because they've been uh, able to keep people locked in. Um, People don't switch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Very often because it, they make it as difficult as possible. Uh, so they um, can hold on to customers quite easily. So I think they're, they're going to now have to embrace technology themselves. They're going to have to do what I think a lot of insurance companies are doing and make banking with them a consumer-friendly mm. proposition. Uh, so good mobile apps, um, no downtime with their, their technology. Uh, they have to be a little bit um, more friendly with their rates and not... Um, because they're going to have to compete more openly yeah. with with the others. Does it mean 
new banks potentially i mean that's that's something you've spoken about before yeah i mean new banks are probably licking their lips at this point because uh the hardest thing for them to do is to convince people to switch because people are worried um about the consequences or the potential consequences of going from a big established name with trust to a a small enough to to fail yeah to a small enough to fail bank um but if uh yeah this will open up the the possibility to switch a lot easier so if they can uh ensure people or like assure people enough and also then make it easy enough to switch and offer a proposition that is fundamentally more consumer friendly than the than what the big banks offer then they've got a good opportunity to try and break into the market a little bit better because it actually you know we talked about this before you talked about this before in order to be a bank in the uk it's pretty stringent you have to pass quite a lot of you have to have a lot of cash basically yeah they but they've made it easier mm. over the, in the last sort of five years um so banks now if they um do their paperwork right and have a certain and have less than five million worth of capital which you can probably what yeah which you can probably fund i mean you you look at the funding of tech companies now mm. and that that sort of jump change really uh you can get up and running in 18 months i think mondo bank um got up and running in 18 months tandem similar uh, Atom took about two years, um, but they were a real early early starter. So, yeah, it's um, it's stringent, and you want it to be stringent, but it's it, the barriers to entry are coming down massively. Wow! So let's widen it up a little bit, uh, David, Chris. Um, you know, what's your experience of banking? Does this this sound like the sort of thing that will be good for you? Do you think? Yeah, it sounds brilliant. I, I'm an <clears throat> I'm the the classic mug. I never switch. I'm still on yeah. the same. Uh, bank account that I had when I was 18 when I first went to university yeah, the classic too. you know snare you in with some student offer for about 50 quid and then you stay with them for here's a nice piece years. of rope wrap it around your neck <laughs> <laughs> but what would work for HMB me HMB vouchers I think it was <laughs> was it actually I, 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 I predated that I think it was like a money box thing. <laughs> 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 the NatWest pigs yeah basically yeah. <laughs> but you know how in you know when you use Google Maps and you use it and you're following a route and then every now and then it'll go uh, alternate route save six minutes and all you have to do is click yes in fact these days i think it uh it just automatically does yeah, it. As you but um it. if there was a uh preferably a google or apple made app really really reputable app that you just put in all your banking details mm. in and then you know once every three weeks or something it would say oh, we recommend that you switch this much money to this account and it will we it will save you an estimated this much over the next six well, months i think the smart banks will start doing that actually yeah. because they do employ a lot of developers um and yeah, you know, they've got the time and the capital to see this change come in. And But it has know. to be an independent body, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. That's the yeah. thing. It has to be an yeah. umbrella app um, that looks at all of them. Yeah. And then and then just makes it really simple. Just literally you have to press OK. And it would and it would say, you know, this is how much money we think you'll save. And it still has our, our Apple seal of approval. It's still a safe bank. So there, click yes. And it does it all for you. And then that way, that's the only way yeah. that I'm ever going to switch. And then you account. need... Then you need the card in your wallet to just be able but, to be but used. Your phone, your phone could that. be the card, couldn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I've just got a Mondo card, which Scott mentioned briefly, which is kind of a different way of banking. So it's at the moment they don't have their full banking license, so it's still kind of in beta. Um, so so is a, it a prepaid master? It's a prepaid prepaid master card. So you 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 don't have a proper bank account. You just have an app. Yeah on your iPhone Android's coming in September where you top up the card from your actual bank account and then you can use the card just like any other. Um, but it's like, it's all the kind of the app analytics and stuff that's way better than 
any other banking app that I've seen. So as soon as you've done a transaction, it'll pop up uh, on the app. Your balance will change instantly. Uh, it'll break down all your spending into different categories and stuff like that. You can like if if you need to, if you lose it or whatever, you can disable the card yourself. You don't need to ring up them and go, oh, I lost it, you know, go through what that has. So you can do that from mm. the app yourself and it is instantaneous. Um, so Which is kind of how it should be, isn't it? Yeah, so it's pretty, it's all pretty exciting, really. So there's a convenience side for customers. I was wondering about the other side of this, Scott, uh, the other side of open data, which is our own data. Mm. Um, and again, not to talk about myself, but this is very current. Um Going through a mortgage application process, uh, a human being somewhere in the chain misread my wage slip and where it says season ticket loan, presuming that was a student loan, and yeah. just blanket denied kind of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of fine because it takes a load of phone calls, but you can get around it. But I was saying to the person I was speaking to, who wasn't even at the bank, it was a mortgage broker, what, why can't they just, and it's my bank as well, weirdly, it's my actual bank, why can't they just take a credit report? I'll pay for it myself. I'll give them a credit report so they can see all my debts. And it's because because it's just so inconvenient to have to yeah. do all this. And and that. So I'm comfortable with the idea of sharing my financial data with financial institutions. Do we think that's what's going to happen? Or because there's also the other side where people sometimes aren't. They they want yeah. privacy around. So you, they they will. The report makes it very clear that you will have to give permission. Right. So basically, if you want to take advantage of the switching capabilities and having a single app where you can see all your finances, you're going to have to give them permission to access your data and share it around between the different organisations because yeah. that's the only way that they but, can all. But every other aspect of this tells us people will do that. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll do that. Efficiency, yeah. yeah, you either have to. Yeah, it depends on your your personal preference. But I think the advantages of, of saying yes, basically, to them taking your data um, are there. So you just you just get on with it. And I think people are more and more happy to do that. There obviously will be people that don't like it and they don't have to do it and yeah. they don't have to take advantage of it and they can just stay with their bank like they have for the last three, like three, three, four <laughs> decades. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Cool. This actually. The boring banking segment turned out to be Thrilling. quite interesting. Thrilling. <laughs> Thrilling, yeah, even. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's go around the room. Uh, banks a million or you absolute banker? <laughs> banks a million. Scott Carey. Banks a million. Banks a million. Oh, consensus. Ah, but I think yeah. it's right. Good. Good job, Scott. Okay, we'll take a very small break, and then when we come back, we'll be talking emoji. Smile. Angry. Smile. Aubergine. <laughs> Smile. Gone. David Price, what has got you all riled up about emoji? You okay, hun? Uh, before we move on to that, did you know that the aubergine is not normally quite as phallic as it is on Apple systems? It's pretty phallic on uh, Android as well. But it's not, yeah. But it's an interesting point because... And this relates to what I'm about to talk about. Um, the emoji display is it varies oh, yeah. according to yep. the uh, the company that's uh, running the operating system. And uh, this week, Apple has decided that it's going to display the gun emoji that you mentioned differently. It's going to display it as a, a water pistol for uh, sort of unofficially political reasons. Um, and this is important because um, Apple doesn't actually own the emoji itself, mm. which is... Um, There's a central body, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the Unicode emoji. consortium. 
Um, oh, I wish they had a better name than that. Unicorn <laughs> Consortium. That's the sort of thing that your website would... Uh, you love your, your unicorns, don't you? Yes. Yeah, unfortunately uh, we do, yeah. So it's, it's sort of annoying. I, this in itself hasn't got me particularly riled up. It's, it's the response of some other people. Um, but they've decided that uh, when you on iOS 10, and this is coming on the fourth beta of iOS 10, uh, when you try and send a gun emoji, then it will display on your phone as uh, a water pistol. And anybody else that's on iOS 10, beta 4 or later, it will also display as a water pistol. But the actual Unicode code is, 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 un, is unchanged. So that will just depend on... So there is a possibility, I'm just going to do this in audio for the listeners, but there is a possibility that you're sending and the uh, receiver is getting... Yeah, this is really important. So the example people give is that you send a playful text to your friend at school and you say, tomorrow afternoon in the park, bring, and then the emoji of a water pistol because you want to have a water pistol. And they get a gun. Yeah. And they think, you know... It's and they take it a... literally, turn up, shoot you. Yeah, tooled up. With you're their, there squirting with a water pistol, crew. they're firing lead into your face. Yeah, that is like, not like a good the situation. In the, untouchable. the same thing could happen with the aubergine, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, you, you, could be, you could be going on a date and you could send... Uh, a nice, you know, aubergine, yeah. and uh, a, a young lady or man, depending on your gender and sexuality, um, could get a less interpret that aubergine. as a, a cookery thing, and they could think, "Oh, we're having uh, eggplant and parmesan." Uh, oh, delicious! Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was looking through all the different emoji <laughs> to prepare for this. And it's it's amazing how different some of them are. My favourite set is is by a company called Emoji One, who do sort of open source um, emoji that you can license, and they're much better in almost every respect. Um, but yeah, this 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 gun thing is is sort of annoying in a way because well, for one thing, Windows used to have a toy gun. It wasn't yeah. Now, now it's actually quite a fearsome looking gun. Yeah, um, and they did that specifically for the reasons you say because. It was supposed to be standardised. Mm. The Unicode thing, and the whole point of Unicode is to have a, a cross-platform standard that would always be the same, and that, and that symbols would come up in, you know, and people could vary it aesthetically, mm. but the message is supposed to be the same. And what Apple is doing is, um, as I said, for, for political reasons. What are those political of, reasons? Because it, because Apple likes water pistols. <laughs> it doesn't like it doesn't like gun violence. Right. Which, oh, you know, is a sort of... pistol is the next big thing. <laughs> 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 we... The eye pistol. The eye pistol. A connected water pistol. I think this oh, is the next thing after the, after the Apple. I was thinking the eye pistol was some sort of... Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you, meant, you meant something. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought you meant... Any innuendo. Do you think Scott pistol? was referring to a part of his anatomy? I, thought, I think possibly I did. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so basically, as a, as a stand against the uh, repeated and horrifying gun violence uh, in in uh, Apple's home nation of America, then they've they've they sort of set out their their standard and they said we we are pro gun control and and you know we're we're talking about this as if it's obvious mm-hmm. everybody would be against gun slayings and everybody is, but not everybody in America is against gun control. Well, and to use your example from before, you know, it might help because you know a couple of lads get together and message each other and go, hey, let's go to the school and shoot everybody with our emoji for gun. And, all right, one of them turns up with a gun, but well, the other guy turns up with a water pistol. <laughs> well, this is, that's like Donald Trump's thing, though, isn't it? He says that it's better if there are more people with guns. Right. Because he's, he's saying, well, when the, when the people came to shoot everybody, what if there were other people with guns to shoot back? Wouldn't that be better? It only works if the guns get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, yeah, or if the guns, if they're so good at shooting that they shoot each other's bullets out of the air. 
And thus, nobody gets shot. It's a solution. That's, that's unusual. Yeah, it might not be a solution. Out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. I've, been, I've been thinking about this a bit uh, this week. And um, we used to call this kind of thing gesture politics. Uh, and, and these days in the sort of Twitter age, the, the phrase that gets used is virtue signalling. Um, both, of, both of which phrases have been applied to things that are actually basically a good thing. I, I think the intentions are good. I think, as they'd say, Apple is coming from a place of love here. But it's, it's a very... Um, ill-advised move mm. in my in, in my mind partly because of the confusion partly because it's not apple's place to do this apple does not own emojis it's just up to apple yeah. how it displays that emojis it's not supposed any to change. more than it owns the alphabet i suppose well, exactly what, what if it decided to change every a to a b or html actually because yeah. you know there was that yeah. time you and i can both remember a time when uh, there was kind of a push to settle on using the same tags for bold copy on the page or something like that because mm. it was confusing because yeah. people were using different types of code and emoji has is a centralized thing for exactly that reason so people can use it to communicate and not have that thing of sending what looks like a very straight message from one device and turns out being lewd or yeah angry it can, it can or, genuinely change mm. the you know even in those the small tone. ways it can change the tone mm. and this is a huge change and a huge and and as I said, politically motivated change. I did contact Apple. Uh, there is no official line on this. They they have not made a statement about it reflecting anything to do towards gun control, but it, it seems like it is almost certainly for that reason. Uh, it would be very strange to do it for any other reason. If it's for that reason, why would they not have a line on it? It's really, that's, really that's exactly what I said to them. I said, if it's a political gesture, what's the point of having a political gesture if you don't say it? Is? No. Um, but I, I guess because it's so controversial... But you could do something else. I mean, it's quite subtle, I suppose, but it, it's subtle... But it can lead to confusion yeah. because if it really was that, you could do something like you know have a gun, but put a cross through it or something. Well, what so they it's still the same thing. They could have it... just hidden it. That's what they do. Right. Is they should have just taken it out of the uh, the keyboard, the iOS keyboard, and then mm. people would be able to still send them if they wanted to by uh, copying and pasting from somebody else's message. And if somebody sent a gun to you, which you'd probably want to know about, it would display as a gun because yeah. that's what it is. Mm. But then it would still discourage people. Because well, the idea is, is that people are getting desensitised. They're getting used to the idea of a gun being a normal object mm. because they see it as just in a moment. And an aubergine. <laughs> and an aubergine, which can be just as uh, harmful to the health if used in the way you have in mind. Uh, but there's still, there's still the uh, yeah. there's still the <laughs> lightly frying with some salt yeah. and pepper. But... That can be unhealthy. Uh, there's still the, there's still the knife. There's still a sort of sword. There's still a bomb. There's still a cigarette. There's still all the alcoholic drinks. There's still uh, a baseball bat. There are many, many. There's a, a sort of fist punching in the face. There's a face, poo with it? eyes. There is a poo with eyes. There, you know, there are many unsavoury things in the uh, well, emoji alphabet. <laughs> Well, yeah, in the world as well. It's like, what, are we not allowed to write about guns now? What are they going to start making so that if you write the word G-U-N, then it will change it to flower? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's absurd. It, I, I, I love Apple's political stances, um, but as one of our colleagues said to me uh, earlier in the week, I, you know, I, I said that Apple was, was a, a left-wing company, but it really is on social issues mm. and um, making stands, doing symbolic gestures. But when it actually counts, it, it really isn't. Um, you know, economically, for example, it, it's, it's, it's an international corporation that em employs very low-paid, outsourced um, manufacturing companies. And it, it's, it's sort of a taste in the mouth that Apple is... Um, it's a bit smug, isn't it? It's a bit... Um, it is a bit smug. It's a bit Silicon Valley. 
This is only in beta, though. That's what I want to stress. Okay. Um, I hope that when iOS 10 comes out finally, it will have the Well, to be back. fair, since they started um, doing public beta, they have made changes that reflect public. Yeah. Kind of the idea, isn't it? I yeah. guess. Yeah, I Which is unusual for Apple. It's quite a significant thing that Steve, yeah. Steve Cook's brought in. Um, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Steve Jobs. Jobs. <laughs> well, I tell you what they should do is that they should um, they should all right. So, so for iOS ten, the final version, they should just hide the gun. That's fine. I, I can see where they're coming from. Hide the gun in the keyboard and then lobby uh, the Unicode consortium to create an emoji for water pistol, and that could be a new thing. Mm. And then encourage other people to follow them. But you can't change a gun into a water pistol because you got. Do you guys thing. have strong feelings about this? Uh, I'm just thing? annoyed that the amount of pop up shops that sell emoji cushions. <laughs> And the fact that you can no longer do the one from MSN Messenger, which was a colon and followed by an S. What did that do? Which was like a wavy mouth. <laughs> what did thing. it signify? Kind of confusion type, like thing. There is a lack of a confused emoji, and the yeah. MSN one used to be very solid. It was very popular hmm. with me and my friends. It may it may may well be coming. Uh, the they, they, there is a a, a regular drip of new emoji isn't there yeah. it's, um... it's quite a subtle facial expression confusion so it's difficult to put it into emoji form just send an aubergine if <laughs> it, in doubt that's yeah. what we do on Slack my, my dad uses this one that's like a sort of rictus grin and obviously on his phone it just looks like a sort of cheeky grin but actually, its its name is something like angry or something like that. Oh, so is that the way he's like baring his teeth? Yeah. People use that for all sorts of mm. things. I I tend to use that for if something's cringing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... So he'll just use it in general on every message. And it, it, it's just interesting <laughs> because it's, yeah, you know, your grandma's died. Green. No, <laughs> that's not the case. Uh, but it, um, it it is still the case that those subtle differences, the subtle aesthetic differences can mean the tone of a message changes between different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, that is slowly but surely being whittled away, but it, it still can be quite amusing. I well, you know, I mentioned Emoji One. What I would most like is for everybody to adopt their, their universal emoji, because A, because they're really good, and B, because then they'll be universal. And their tiger has a little wry sort of sideways smile. He's really cute. Really good tiger. Start a petition. Oh, let's do it. Good, excellent. Okay, well, let's just quickly go around the room. Uh, shot through the heart or the golden shot, David Price. Which one is the bad? Shot, shot through the heart. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have a shot through the heart, <laughs> even with a wasp pistol. <laughs> but I do like that song. Mm. Uh, shot through, shot through the heart. Scott yeah. Carey. Yeah, shot through the heart. Chris Martin. Uh, confused face. Confused face. <laughs> An excellent point on which to end this week's edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. Or indeed, if you're interested in advertising, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So until then, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud and all the other places from which you get your noise. Don't forget to subscribe, review us and tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye team. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.